Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of John, and we are going to finish the Gospel of John today, chapters 20 and 21. Chapter 20 begins with an empty tomb. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, we know that means John, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived, went into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. So this shows that the scene is not one of disarray, as if there had been some type of grave robbery, but this was purposeful. It was neat. It was folded. And it says, finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The next section is Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking that she was talking to the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbanah, Rabbanah which means teacher. This is a strengthened form of the word rabbi. It does literally mean teacher, but in a few examples of Judaism, this form is addressed toward the Lord as your teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet returned to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The next section is Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, and again, this is Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So they understood when they saw his hands and his side, they saw his wounds. They understood what had happened. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And this, the breathing on of the Holy Spirit, is obviously in anticipation of Pentecost, which is going to be happening in 50 days from this point. The next part of the chapter is Jesus appearing to Thomas. Thomas is also known as Didymus, which means twin. So Thomas, known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. So Jesus actually spoke specifically to Thomas's words, repeated them back to him, and said, It is time to believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And this would apply to all of the people at that time, but also future believers, including all of us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So chapter 20 ends with John explaining the many more miracles that have been performed that are not written down. But yet the ones that are written down are for our benefit that we may believe. Chapter 21 ends in this very same manner. Picking up in chapter 21, Jesus and the miraculous catch of fish. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. 
for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there, with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three, the Bible specifies exactly, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So an abundance of fish, a foreshadowing of the gathering of the future believers, and the net was not broken, not one was lost. Now Jesus reinstates Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said it to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So at the time, the early church understood that stretching out your hands was symbolic of being crucified. We know later that when Peter is crucified, that he chooses to be crucified upside down because he did not consider himself worthy of dying the same way that his Lord did. So he asked to be crucified upside down. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? So Peter is asking Jesus, what happens to John? You're telling me I'm going to be crucified. What happens to John? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? So here the message is clear that the path that the Lord has for each of us is different, and we cannot compare our path to the path of the person next to us. Each path is prepared differently. We must trust that the Lord is sovereign in the path that he has for us. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. So John says, that it is me. I wrote it down. I was there. And it is what is true. 
And then this chapter ends very similarly with the way that chapter 20 ended. And this is one of my very favorite scriptures. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Wow. Overwhelming to think of all of the miracles and all of the intimate conversations and the details and the things that the Lord did while he was on this earth. We know that John tells us that it would be impossible to contain all of the information if even the whole world had room for the books that would be written. But what we know is that we have exactly what we need and that that information and that story and those testimonies describe the miraculousness of who Jesus is and what he accomplished on the cross. That ends the Gospel of John. We will read about him a little bit. He's mentioned three times in the book of Acts. We will read the book of Acts next. We also know that he wrote three epistles, and we know that he was exiled to the island of Patmos, where he wrote the book of Revelation. So John's story certainly does not end here.